Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 271, I'm your host, Jared Weich. I would normally say, as always, but back for his triumphant return. He wasn't with us last week. My co-host, as always, Dominic Orlando. It's great. It's excellent to be here with you today, Jared. I know I missed you, man. It was just a week. Uh, friend of the show, Chris Nunes, filled in admirably, um, but I'm glad to have you back, uh, back in the saddle again. Um you know, we have some interesting news. I'm going to be honest, it was a pretty slow news week, but I came up, uh, there was a news story that broke right before we started recording, which is awesome, regarding Assassin's Creed, Codename Red. Um, there's some more details about that. And I also made a fun game for us in honor of March Madness currently happening. I'm not a huge college basketball guy, but March Madness is a huge thing in the United States. I don't know how far it's spread globally. I'm pretty sure people do brackets around the world if they're interested in Western sports, because... There's a lot of money on the line, and people just love to have stuff to be excited about, especially in the uh, current state of the world in general. Um, but in honor of that, I made a fun uh, tournament bracket game that we're going to do later on as our topic of the show. But first, let's start off with... Uh, I wanted to check in with you on the Starfield date stuff that happened last week. Obviously, you weren't, weren't on oh, the yeah. show last week. Um, but funny enough, there was a little bit of news that came out this week, not a whole lot about Starfield. So I'll talk about that first, and then we'll ask about your thoughts. So, uh, Starfield actually received restricted ratings in Australia, and it's like, ah, eh, every game seems to receive those ratings in Australia, but it's cool that we can glean a little bit of information about some of the content in Starfield and what it was rated for in terms of it getting that restricted label were one, quote-unquote, interactive drug use, which um, probably some type of stim. We've seen those in Fallout and yeah. um, the Elder Scrolls series to some extent uh, that boosts you for a set amount of time in terms of your stamina or attack power, that stuff. Uh, quote-unquote, strong impact violence. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and uh, lastly, quote, very mild impact nudity, end quote. Which impact? Mild Nudes. impact nudity is such a funny descriptor for something. Yeah. Is that like you see like groin and bush, but you don't see actual genitals? Like what's mild impact nudity? Under boob? The, I don't know. What is the impact? Uh, uh, like something impacting? Like colliding or what? <laughs> well, I think it's like maybe impactful in terms of like children seeing it because it's rating i guess so it's like they rate like well under boob is only mildly impactful to, to a child's you know brain okay. development yeah. whereas like full nudity i don't know it's very weird but i thought the interactive drug use one was cool because when you do a sci-fi game like this there's plenty of neat ways you can introduce stimulants it could be we know about the factions that could be a whole faction of like a drug running faction right that's selling this oh, yeah weird drug that causes people to like hallucinate or become martians or something i don't know it's um, like one thing that i've always felt was underdone in the star wars universe is kind of a the intergalactic drug trade would be oh yeah they touch on it here and there but it could be like there could be a whole lot more story um they're starting to get into it. But yeah, I, I hope that there's some stuff like that in Starfield. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, our closest uh, thing to getting something like that was what Amy Hennig's canceled Ragtag, right? That seems like it could have dabbled in that to some extent, and maybe we'll get that someday. And, you know, Andor kind of opened the door for what a Disney Plus Star Wars series can be. So yeah. maybe we can get something along those lines, which would be really there is There's some stuff in uh, the Boba Fett show, I guess, now I'm remembering. Yeah. But was there, anyway. I can't remember if there was stuff in Han, uh, the Solo movie. Oh. Because it was a crime syndicate, but I don't remember if there was, like, drug-related stuff in that or not. Yeah, they were more smuggling, like, energy-type stuff. It was, uh, I forget what they called it, you know, some type of crystals. Not the kyber crystals, but it was something else, like, to power hyperdrives or something like that. Yeah, I don't think it was mostly, I don't think there was much drugs in that one. 
Uh, but yeah, like we said, you weren't on the show last week, so we got the dates for both the presentation, which is happening uh, right after the Bethesda Microsoft showcase during the E3 time period. It's going to be its own standalone thing presented by Todd Howard and very much the way that Fallout 4 or any big Bethesda title is with him. And then we got the release date of September 6th. So just generally wherever you want to talk about, what are your thoughts on, on that news? Because obviously you're a big Bethesda guy. So I guess the right, right out the gate was it was supposed to be the first half of the year. Now it's September, so that is technically another a delay. delay. <laughs> yeah. um, it feels weird. Like when I saw like Starfield delayed, I, I thought to myself like, wait, did it have a date? Um, and it really didn't, um, right? They never actually said June or anything. That's what we assumed. But So I guess, uh, yeah, yet another, the second delay for Starfield, I don't know. I'm not worried about it or anything like that because of the delay. I think, you know, great. Do what you need to do. First half turned into September. Sure, whatever. I don't I don't question that Todd and team are being careful after um you know some of their more uh previous projects that didn't go so well. Whether it was their team or adjacent teams, things like that. With 76 and um but yeah, I I think the game to me, the delay is a good thing, a good sign, and I kind of like the fact that it's getting its own presentation. Um, and like you said, like Todd Howard always does with their big releases, like that's kind of fun because I kind of picture like I, I assume like Phil maybe even like asked, you know, uh, not even like Todd had to demand like, no, I'm doing this, we're doing this on our own, like pull us out from the rest of the Xbox stuff. I feel like Phil might have even presented that offer uh, if if they know each other well enough, kind of a thing. Like, yeah, I want. This is a big deal, and it I think it highlights it. It makes it a exciting for, like, the Xbox brand in general. Like, look what we got coming. Like, it's a big old Starfield presentation. So I'm still just as excited as ever for it. Um, yeah, it's a bummer that it's going to be a few months later, but there's so much coming out even in the first half of this year. Um, even looking ahead the next couple of months, like, I'm I'm still, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I'm really having a great time with Wolong Dynasty, Fallen Dynasty, got Resident Evil 4 coming soon and then uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor and then obviously Zelda Tears of the Kingdom in May there's just so much um, Redfall in May too which is kind of a good point about this being delayed it's like yes that's and that point. got you know dated for May we talked about uh, after the developer direct of like it can still come out in June they're different audiences but the more you think about it it's like why why does Xbox even need to do that? Just like separate them by some time and just let both of them breathe, even though they mm-hmm. would have different audiences, they'd be completely fine. It's like whatever. And then last year when it was delayed out of November, I, I don't know if it was Jeff Grubb. I don't want to put it on him, but I remember a report coming out. Maybe you remember it as well that apparently the game was like done in terms of they could have released it, but the delay was specifically for polish and bug fixing. And Are I wonder if that's a Redfall? thing. No, or uh, no, no, sorry. Starfield. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I, I wasn't super clear on that, but, um, yeah, because I forgot that game also got delayed out of last year as well. Um, I wonder if that's just more of the case of, we talked about this game possibly being too big to fail, but maybe, you know, Phil Spencer, especially coming off the heels of Halo Infinite, and Todd Howard and team coming off of Fallout 76 and people just wanting a Bethesda to return to form. It's like, is it better to release this game a year early or just deal with a couple of delays, a couple of days of bad press, quote-unquote? I know most people are understanding, but you always have the naysayers, right? Um, let's just get this as great as we can so we don't have to deal with a lot of the same criticisms we get at launch. 
Uh, and also, you know, cyberpunk, that whole situation, I think, is looming right. over people, right. too. It's just a lot of stuff in the basket of, like, it's better to go four months, quote-unquote, too late than a year earlier than you necessarily need to. So Plus, the other thing um, I kind of I continue to forget about this game is the first big Bethesda game that won't be on PlayStation platforms. So yep. there's still, you know, a litany of uh, Xbox consoles that they have to develop it for, but it's still less than typical. Wait, although this is not going to be on Xbox One, correct? It's only Series S. Uh, I'll look X. into that while you continue your train of thought. Because, yeah, if... Uh, if this isn't going back to the Xbox One generations, which I don't think it is, I feel like we've said that. Um, for me, like that's a good sign uh, for Bethesda. They're usually, obviously, games that are known to be a little buggy, some perform- performance issues, things like that. So I, I would like to think that having less platforms to develop for and those that you are developing for are very similar in just the Xbox Ones and PC. And hopefully that helps them you know, keep it more polished. As of March 8th, it is only confirmed for PC, Xbox Series X, and S consoles. So, you're dead on there. Um, yeah, I'm, I just I want to play this game already. I can't wait. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a while until... And for me, it's... You're, obviously, we're a lot higher in Breath of the Wild than I was. I hope uh, Tears of the Kingdom does it for me because I need something to carry me over until um, Starfield. And I hope, I hope this is... I hope Tears of the Kingdom is that. Uh, next up, let's talk about the future of Techland. The developers behind the Dying Light series, not Dead Island, Dying Light, uh, recently revealed concept art for their upcoming story-focused fantasy IP. They tweeted the following, quote, Our newest game is set to be a narrative-driven fantasy epic with an exotic open world ready to be explored. We strive to create a compelling story-focused AAA title that combines and refines the best aspects of gameplay that we are known for. Now, if you're not familiar... Dying Light was kind of an underrated game upon its release. It released in an early in the year, and I think like February of the year it came out, 2017, 2016. Um, and people ended up loving it. It was a really fun take on the zombie genre. And then the sequel came out last, was it last year or the year before? I think it was it's last earlier, year. Early, early last, last year, year yeah. yeah. And for the most part, people enjoyed it. I know people, there was heavy criticisms about the ending of the game uh, and some narrative elements maybe not being fully baked. Uh, but for me, the reason I'm excited, Dom, is because when you watch Techland gameplay, it's very clear that they know how to design something that's like engaging and fun. I'm just kind of a little tired of their take on what a zombie game can be, and I'm interested to see what they could do with a different genre. That's mm-hmm. what I'm most excited for because they're one of those developers where I, could, I I see what they do, I appreciate it, but it it their world just isn't enough to get me hooked in. It's a little blind in that way, for better or worse. So something different can really catch my attention. And uh, the concept art, there's really not a whole lot there. It's like a guy standing on a weird tree looking at like a ancient, looks like Mayan or Aztec-inspired uh, civilization of some sort with like, is that an eagle in the sky? What is that? It's like a an eagle. Um, so I'm looking at, um, for one, he is like hanging, uh, grappling off the side of this tree kind of situation. So... I'm already putting pieces together of like, well, dying well, look light. Look at the top center. Isn't that an eagle? Yeah, to me, that is like a planet that is like cracked in half off in the distance. Oh, you know what? I, I don't have it zoomed in. It does. But zoom yeah. out a little bit. It looks like an eagle kind if you zoom out a little bit. And now I see There's what like you're saying. like an eye and a beak. That's what I saw. I'm not zoomed in. But yeah, you're, yeah. you're right. It's it's a destroyed planet. <laughs> but that's funny that I saw an eagle. test us. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But that was that was one thing I did notice was that it looks like a giant planet literally cracked in half. Um, it, may, it looks like it maybe just happened too, and he's watching it. Like it just exploded or some like uh, Armageddon type stuff. But and then so yeah, he's grappling from the tree. But then I'm also seeing like some of those structures off in the distance are raised up like something out of Elden Ring, where it's like you know a, th- a half a thousand feet in the air. There's some of those old looking structures. So I'm thinking. We're going to be climbing and we're going to be doing parkour and jumping around and grappling and all sorts of good tech land traversal type stuff. Yep. Good point. Just, I mean, who knows? I could be way off and this is just so early concept art, but whatever. Um, that's where my brain's going. Well, the cool thing too is you see a couple of creatures, right? Outside of the eagle. That's not an eagle. There's a bird on the right that's like on a tree. looks like a woodpecker of some sort. Oh, yeah. And then on the bottom right, it looks like, are you familiar with what a tapir is? They're like the little, the little like uh, anteater looking elephant guys. No, that sounds interesting. T-A-P-I-R. When I was little, I was very interested in animals. I wanted to be a zookeeper, a zoologist. Uh, So I know about, like, lesser known animals. It looks like a tapir of some sort to me. Um, They're really cool animals. Um, Wow. I think the local zoo here had them at one point. Another cool thing that's teased with this, uh, Dom, is the different environments because we see this Mm-hmm. Um, obviously we see the waterfalls and stuff and we see the very, like I said, minor Aztec inspired, like overgrowth, uh, civilization. But then in yeah. the distance, you also see like a desert area. Yeah, you see so some I wonder orange if that... mountains. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be a thing too, where it's not necessarily a full planet, but we will be able to experience the breadth of environments it has to offer. And to your point, I wonder what the planet being destroyed, ha- like, is it? Is he a survivor of that planet and he has to come to a new place to try to yeah. find a life? Or like what happened there? Is that the is that a moon of the planet and it kind of maybe screwed things up on the planet? If you zoom in too, you can see people walking across the bridge to the oh, yeah. temple or whatever that is that's on the uh, on the little island sticking up in the middle of the waterfall. So maybe there's a re- a rebellion or mercenaries of some sort. Looks cool. I'm interested to see more when they want to provide more. They're probably still working on DLC for Dying Light Two. They probably had a whole season pass. I'm assuming they have to deliver on, but. Excited about the future of Techland, and uh, yeah, hopefully it's something that catches both of us and gets our interest, because they're obviously talented. They're a very talented team, so I want to play something from them. It just needs to be something I'm more interested in. I'm pretty sure you're the same way, right? Yeah, I, I, it's hard to picture myself. I really like Dying Light 1, but something about 2, I just um, I just felt like I wasn't interested. just felt a little stale, maybe some of what you were saying, but... Yeah, I'm it also came out around Elden Ring, which didn't help either of us. Oh, like, we're no shot of us even playing that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like a month before Elden Ring or something. It was just like, yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I'm more this this new uh, concept art has me um, has me interested, and I like I like their ambition. You know, they're kind of saying, "All right, here's an idea. It's going to be a big, you know, open world game." You know, it feels like they're trying to say, like, "We're bringing the heat, everyone. Look out, we're coming." Kind of a situation. And they're the closest thing we have to Mirror's Edge these days. So hopefully we they can deliver that traverse, like you said. And good point in the I think in the concept art too. They're like, look, there's the all these areas look like you have to climb them, and that's intentional mm-hmm. because that's what we're good at is traversal and parkour. So we'll see what happens there. Speaking of climbing things, we got some Assassin's Creed uh, news and update. So Assassin's Creed Codename Red update here. Insider Gaming's Tom Henderson posted an exclusive update to the site's previous reveal that the highly anticipated Ubisoft title would feature two playable characters and that the game's development is in, quote, good shape, end quote. Henderson 
on March 16th, the day we're recording this podcast, uh, learned additional details and has provided an update on the batter. Quote, new, ta- new details provide more insight into the game's characters, with sources stating in Codename Red there's both a samurai and shinobi character. Details on how exactly these characters will be played are limited, but it's understood that the short teaser officially released by Ubisoft features the game's female samurai. The other character, the shinobi, is understood to be an African uh, African refugee who learned the way of the creed. That alone is already sick. Like, the yeah. ability to play as a female samurai is dope, and that the shinobi is actually, like, an African refugee is also super cool. Um, I, it's... We talk about Cassandra a lot in terms of Assassin's Like, it's my favorite protagonist in Assassin's Creed. I know everyone loves Ezio. But uh, anytime we get a chance for another female protagonist is dope. Let me read the rest of this. Uh, one of the more exciting details that we've learned, though, is that one bi- one of the biggest design focuses for Conan Red is the focus on stealth gameplay. Seemingly, Ubisoft Quebec has decided to take a Splinter Cell-esque or Hitman approach to the title, with things like hiding bodies, hiding in tall grass, extinguishing lights so your shadows are not spotted, ETC, etc., all being current features. It's not entirely clear uh, when Assassin's Creed Codename Red will be fully revealed, but Insider Gaming understands that the main focus at E3 2023 will be on Mirage's gameplay premiere. If you didn't know, that's a smaller scope. Uh, Assassin's Creed coming out this year, it's taking place in the 9th century Baghdad. It's centered on the character in AC Valhalla named Basim. It's kind of his own tale. It's like a prequel, I believe. Well, a sequel. You know, it's a sequel, yeah. <laughs> um, putting it into the timeline. Uh, I was going to say something about the uh, spoiler about that character, but I don't want to spoil it for people who don't know. Uh, and the formal announcement of its VR offering, Assassin's Creed Nexus. Assassin's Creed Codename Red is internally scheduled to release fall of 2024, but we wouldn't be surprised if the game sees a 2025 release. So, at first, when I heard the details of two playable characters, Dom, I was worried it was going to be the traditional Assassin's Creed thing where... It's really one playable character, and then you play as the other in short animus stints, right, in the current day, the oh, modern day. Sure. Uh, but this seems like you're going to be switching back and forth, um, maybe, because I want to hear from you, because it's one of two things. You're either switching back and forth during certain story segments, or do you believe this could possibly be similar to, I messaged, uh, mentioned Cassandra, Odyssey, where you choose either the male or female protagonist, but instead of it being slightly different narratively... And the way like characters interact with you based on if you're a male or female and like romantic options, that this is a little bit more deviating than that. If you pick the African refugee or the female uh, samurai and uh, maybe the one you don't pick, you also interact with. Do you think that's the case or how do you think this plays out in terms of there being these two playable characters? I think and I hope that it is more like you're switching back and forth. I don't I've never really loved kind of the you know you pick the you pick a gender and then all that does is just change the pronouns that everyone else uses throughout the game right um as much as we love cassandra and that obviously worked well um at least on the the female side in that game but um it feels like you could do more with it and make more meaningful differences um even if that means that it's not you pick one or the other it's like you're um arbitrarily being switched between them throughout the game for different parts and we're seeing a lot more of that i feel like more of the industry might start have probably has started to take note of that being successful most recently think of god of war ragnarok obviously we started to play as atreus more significantly uh it's still primarily kratos right but it's 
they they put actual time into making Atreus fun, and there's larger portions of that game, and then um, and The Last of Us uh, Part One, but mostly The Last of Us Part Two, obviously. Spoilers. I, I guess I won't say the specifics, but you do play as two characters in that game, um, and there's probably better examples too. But I think I would prefer something that's more like you're not necessarily choosing one or the other. It's just depending on which part of the game you're at, you're playing as one or the other, and it's you know really ingrained in the narrative and that kind of thing. I think that would be really cool, especially when right out of the gate they're very different characters, right? Um, one being like an African refugee, like. That has to the, the way you described it. Like those details make me feel like there's if, that you can't just swap those those characters out and just change pronouns in the dialogue for everyone else, right? Like that just wouldn't work. Like let's let's make it cooler. I hope it is more ingrained and and foundational to the story and to the game. Like you're playing as both at different times, kind of a situation. Yeah, I agree. I'm more curious to see how the like uh, RPG elements unfold. Like the skill trees is going to be one set skill tree. And through the right. game, you have to balance, like, well, am I going to upgrade the samurai's abilities and make them better, or am I going to upgrade stuff that fits the shinobi more? Um, my assumption is that you probably start the game as the female samurai, uh, because that's kind of like the dream scenario for Assassin's Creed. This The whole yeah. thing of it taking place in feudal Japan is people want to be a samurai. And then I would assume she comes across the uh, African refugee, right? Mm-hmm. My assumption is she probably rescues him, Um based on some type of xenophobia that's occurring at the time, especially with him, I guess, being an African refugee. Good point. And yeah. they probably team up, and then it goes from there. Um, yeah, this this has the shapings of something that can truly be engaging for an Assassin's Creed narrative, yeah. Dom, which I'm excited for. Um, because if they if they manage to make the female character at, as close to as dope as Cassandra was, and then they make this African refugee shinobi, like, the story kind of for better or worse, writes itself and how easy you can make it cool as shit to be that character. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, Ubisoft brings in some some uh, black writers to tackle that in a way that's authentic to what someone of that skin color would endure in feudal Japan and have that perspective but, and everything. I think it'd, it'd be really dope. What a complicated task that would be to figure out what that would be like. Um, But this does remind me that several years ago now, but Assassin's Creed Syndicate, the one set in, like, colonial London, you did play as both uh, a, a man and a woman, and they were twins, I believe, but it, it wasn't, like, an Odyssey situation where you could just pick either one at the beginning. It was, I'm pretty sure, different parts of the game had you playing as one or the other, forcibly. Okay. Pretty darn confident that's how it worked, because I remember playing as both of them at different points. Um, and it worked well. I liked that game. It was pretty fun. But I think, to your point, it's just you could do a lot. But this is there's a lot more opportunity to be um, more creative with this uh, new game. That I hope it I hope it turns out. So this is you said estimated around 2025 though. So it's a ways all off. of 2024. But wouldn't be surprised if the game oh, okay. goes to 2025, which probably could balloon with scope or whatever. Who knows? Um, I'm honestly actually kind of excited for Assassin's Creed Mirage, and I'm hoping it reviews well because it's a smaller scope Assassin's Creed game. Um, the thing I'm most excited about, though, is that we rarely dom get a play in the Middle East in a yeah. in a in a environment that isn't war torn. Yes, like yeah. sadly, the most experience we've had in the Middle East in video games is Call of Duty, uh-huh. right? And we're killing people of Middle Eastern descent, and we're 
traversing through war-torn parts of their country. And with this, we're going to a 9th century Baghdad, and I'm excited to see the architecture, the culture. Like, that's something we don't get, especially uh, here in the United States with uh, the, 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 the types of racism um, Middle Eastern uh, people have had to endure since 9-11. So uh, that's what I'm excited for. So I'm hoping it reviews well and it's good because I want to hop in. And from what they're saying, you don't need to necessarily know Basim's backstory from Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but it's one of those things like the more you know, the more enjoyable the small, subtle details are. So mm-hmm. hopefully it's good. The VR thing, whatever. Hopefully yeah. it launches <laughs> on PSVR 2 for the sake of that yeah. uh, hardware. Now that that's over, I told you at the top of the show that I had a surprise game I made in honor of March Madness. So <clears throat> let me get my, my monster truck voice on. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Welcome to the Gaming Anticipation March Madness Elimination Chamber. Yeah, dude. So, in honor of the... <laughs> that was really cool. I, I was, like, kind of, <laughs> like, like ready for this to sound stupid, but that was really good, man. Thank you. I tried. <laughs> uh, in honor of the NCAA Men's and Women's March Madness tournaments occurring, Dom and I will be doing a 16-team or game tournament bracket of highly anticipated games and choosing which one we're more excited for or any reason. I'm going to give you two games, and you got to choose which one advances, whatever reasoning you want to give. Uh, right, maybe one fun. is more I- I- integral to the future of games. Maybe the ones just you're more excited for. Whatever. It's up to you. Dealer's choice. My criteria. Uh, each, Let's go. Yeah. Each round, the games will be reseeded. So we're not going to be able to see future matches anticipated. So it's not like you pick the first matchup, I choose the second one. Oh, those two games are going against each other. They're being reseeded in the second round. So we don't know okay. who's going up against one another. And like I said before, the way it works is I'm going to give you a matchup, you choose a winner, then I get a matchup, I choose a winner, and we'll go back and forth until we have the uh, the winner. So I chose 16 games. I put them into the bracket. I, I, I put them into a random order generator, hit it a couple of times, and then I put them into the, the bracket. I'm going to list out the games. Uh, Marvel's Wolverine, Fallout 5, The Elder Scrolls 6, Naughty Dog's Next Game, Fable Reboot, Perfect Dark, Super Mario 3D, Bioshock 3, The Legend of Zelda 2D, Mass Effect 4 slash Mass Effect Reboot, Dragon Age 4, Sky Dance's Black Panther Captain America game, Indiana Jones by Machine Games, Blue Point Games Project, whatever the hell that is, Play Dead's game, uh, which we've seen teased the space one, or Hades 2. So it's a wide range of games. Would you want me or you to start off, Dom? You go first. Okay, so the first matchup, Marvel's Wolverine versus Fallout 5. Uh, this is a tough one. Dang. I have I have a reasoning. I'm going to go with Marvel's Wolverine. And the only reason I'm going to is because I hope Starfield is good. So I'm going to get satiated with Bethesda for a good while. Hopefully Obsidian makes a spin-off Fallout game. I'm doing a lot of caveats in my head. And, you know, I know people love the Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine game. But Wolverine is such a a popular character. It's a shame he hasn't gotten the treatment that Spider-Man and Batman have in the world of games. R.I.P. Batman games, by the way. R.I.P. Four <laughs> one out. Um, R.I.P. Kevin Conroy with them. Yeah, oh, man. Great. Uh, so I'm choosing Marvel's Wolverine is advancing. I think I think that's fair. I mean, I probably would have picked Fallout, but I like to me, though, it makes perfect sense because 
I mean, the, you literally, it's literally Fallout 5. We've had four of them, and more than four, actually. So it's kind of like, that's what's something new that, you know, there's not, there's not been a lot of uh, high-quality Wolverine games uh, around. So I, I totally get that. And I think we're getting it way sooner than we're getting Fallout 5. So it's kind of like, Good point. Yeah. I'll be able to play it sooner. But, man, it's a, that's a Sophie's choice, man. I, I cannot yeah. wait for Fallout 5. It's oh. like, it's funny that there's series like that where, to some extent, Elder Scrolls is exciting in that they they named the region for Elder Scrolls fans. It's exciting. But yeah. on a more, like, widespread scale, when they announce what city or region Fallout's taking place in, that's a huge deal. So <laughs> excited to see when that <laughs> happens. Uh, once again, you got a Sophie's choice. Uh, maybe it's not a Sophie's choice. Uh, your choice, Dom. Elder Scrolls Six or Naughty Dog's next game? That is a Sophie. That's like, oh, that's brutal. Uh, knowing that we're still going to have a Fallout 5, a Starfield, kind of doing a similar thing as you, and also assuming that Naughty Dog's next game is The Last of Us Part 3, which there's been some hints maybe that that's what it is lately. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that assumption again. This is my criteria. I make the rules. We're taking Naughty Dog's next game. I think another thing we're gonna get avowed, which will scratch that itch a oh, little good bit. Point. Great point. Yeah, yep. and a fable and, game one of these days. Yeah, and not to say that Bethesda isn't special what they do, but you're much more likely to get a game like Elder Scrolls from an Obsidian that's similar in quality than what Naughty Dog can produce. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, for better or worse. So. Uh, next up, since I went first, you want to go, you want to go, well, I guess you want to go back and forth or you want to do the snake style? Um, snake style. Let's just go back and forth. Okay. Make it easier. Yeah. My choice, uh, kind of fitting being the Xbox guy, fa- the Fable reboot or Perfect Dark? Well, Here's the thing. This one's pretty easy for me. Not that I'm not super excited for Perfect Dark. That studio's never made a game before, so I don't know what to expect. Full of very talented developers, but you never know, right? You never know. We don't have a lot of funny games, and Fable is funny. And I know it's a it's a genre that we get a lot of, which is fantasy, but we don't get a lot of funny fantasy. And unlike the people making Perfect Dark, the initiative, guess who does have a pretty stellar track record? That's Playground Games. So I'm really excited for Fable. Sure, like we talked about with Elder Scrolls, Avowed's going to scratch that itch. Nothing's going to scratch the Fable itch except for Fable. It's very uniquely what it is, the English humor, all that. So I'm going to have to go with the Fable reboot there. Tough choice, that's, but that's yeah. what I'm going with. That's some good points there on the, the humor and the comedy of it. Next up, you're choosing between Super Mario 3D and Bioshock 3. This one is easier for me, actually. <clears throat> Although, it's really funny how this is playing out. By the way, because I might be deciding the fate of Legend of Zelda, and you might be deciding the fate of Super Mario, which is really hilarious. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much more they could do with another 3D Mario game that they didn't try to do with Odyssey. And I really liked Odyssey; it was a great game. Um, I, fr- I quite frankly, it was like kind of borderline like. If you called it perfect, I would kind of have a hard time disagreeing. But it just, like, I don't know. It didn't kind of, like, do that next level magical thing for me. Um, 
It was also yeah. the most like Mario 64, whereas, yeah. I mean, we had Cappy, sure, but like Super Mario Galaxy and even Sunshine that I don't like deviated enough to make them feel wholly original, where right. Mario felt the closest for better or worse as a spiritual successor to 64. I get what you're saying there. So I, I guess that's where I'm going, just out of a, a desire for something more more different. Um, and and I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the next 3D Mario game is a Mario Galaxy level of innovation and oh shitness. But at this point, I'm more excited for another Bioshock game, even if it's not um, Ken Levine doing it kind of a situation. I always like, even with Infinite, where there there were things about that one that made it not as cool as the first Bioshock, Overall, it's still like a cool setting, weird stuff going on. I love the art style. There's just so much to like about it. I, it, I'm, it makes me excited for another Bioshock game doing something weird and crazy again. So I'm going to go with Bioshock. Yeah, I guess the only counter argument somebody could pitch is like, we're getting Judas from Ken Levine. So in a way, is that Bioshock 3? Like, I know we've True. already seen that. Yeah. Uh, and Cloud Chambers doing the next Bioshock, and we haven't really seen it's a new studio. We haven't seen much from that. So it's a risky but I'm pick. I don't like the Bioshock Infinite revisionist history. I think people bash that game a lot more than it deserved. Like, when that game came out, it was pretty much, like, universally, maybe not loved, but people dug it. I know some people didn't necessarily dig the ending. I thought it was cool. Some people called it corny the way it was trying to be too heady in, in its ending, but I enjoyed it, man. I liked it, and I, I, don't, I don't blame you. I probably would have won Super Mario 3D, but it wasn't my choice to make, and all of these are going to be selfish choices. As you've seen, it's like oh, you're yeah. choosing... Two games we're excited for. Uh, next up, Legend of Zelda 2D and Mass Effect 4 slash reboot. Now, this one's interesting. Knowing me, you'd be like, oh, it's Mass Effect clean sweep. No way. Which is fine. I know you're like, oh, God, this is like the worst <laughs> matchup for Zelda for Jared to yeah. choose. Because I want 2D Zelda so bad. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. It's oh, like, man. I would be lying to myself if I said I wasn't worried about the next Mass Effect. Because um, there's a world in which that game comes out and it's like a you know, an eight or a nine, and I absolutely love it, and it extends the world in which I consider to be my favorite trilogy of all time, and then obviously Mass Effect 2 being my favorite game of all time. There's also a world where it's another dud, and it kind of waves a goodbye to Mass Effect forever, or at least a very long time. Nothing's dead forever, but a very long time. So I'm very scared about that. The other thing is, we got Dragon Age 4 on the horizon. Is that going to scratch the Bioware itch? Whereas with Legend of Zelda 2D... Sure, there's a lot of indie games that do a really good job of copying the Zelda formula, but nothing really hits like Zelda. Um, I mean, the most recent 2D one I've played was the remake of Link's Awakening, which I had never played and I absolutely adored it. Uh, art style was cool. Um, and that's my biggest thing is I think going into this, my idea of what the next Legend of Zelda 2D game is going to be is going to be innovative in either art yes. style, design, or both. So... Never say I didn't do anything for you, Dom. I'm going with Legend of Zelda 2D. Wow. Uh, and honestly, wow. it's me being a little bit of a coward with Mass Effect because I kind of just want to have it out of sight, out of mind until it's a real thing, you know, just not think about it because I am very worried. Um, so there's that. Your choice, Dragon Age 4 or the Skydance Black Panther Captain America game? Oh, Which, cuts. funny enough, when we talked yeah. about Codename Red of, of switching back and forth between characters, it seems like that's what this game's going to be, right? Switching between Black Panther and Cap. I played a bit, like, I don't know, maybe a dozen hours of Dragon Age Inquisition, and that's that's the extent of my experience with the series. I might have played two, actually, a little bit, way back in the day. Um, 
and I didn't have any problems with Inquisition. I can't remember why I fell off, but I never finished the game. Um, so I'm kind of just uh, not super connected to that series specifically. I like Mass Effect much more. Um, but, dude, a Black Panther Captain America game by, a, you know, a, a new studio run by Amy, Amy Henning, like, what? Like, yeah, we're, of course we're going with the Black Panther game. Cause it's, yeah, it's I would have like, chose this regardless if it was Amy yeah. Hennig game. I would have chose it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. just the cherry on top at that point. But for sure, that's to me, this was uh, not ever the opposite of a Sophie's Choices. I don't know. Easy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the the thing, too, with Dragon Age and Mass Effect, with the, the people behind it, I think there's very good opportunity for representation and my hope is that Dragon Age 4 Mass Effect with their romance options, I really hope that they show representation towards the trans community. That's the big thing for me. Obviously, oh my God, they have gay relationships. That's really cool. But I think it's also an opportunity to yeah. uh, represent the trans community in a really dope way. So hopefully that's the case. But yeah, Amy Hennig, please let this game come out for Amy Hennig's sake. Please let this game come out. Yeah, she needs uh, one. Next up, Indiana Jones by Machine Games or Blue Point Games Project. This one's tough because if this is a remake of a Metal Gear Solid game by Blue Point Games, I'm excited because it'll probably be an opportunity for me to and a lot of people to hop into the series for the first time. If it's Bloodborne 2, it'll give me an excuse to start Bloodborne already. Jared, what the hell are you doing? Because I still haven't started yet. Um, if it's something original, I'm very curious. Um, if it's a reboot of Jack and Daxter, which is 0%, uh, I'd be super stoked. I'm just thinking what the possibilities could be. Um, whereas with Indiana Jones, it's funny. I have no experience with that franchise. I've never watched any of the movies. I'm not a Harrison Ford guy. I know that's blasphemous. Uh, but Machine Games is a hell of a studio. The Wolfenstein games, outside of the last one that I didn't play, uh, very good. And I think, I have belief in them delivering an experience that at the very least is cinematic as hell and fun. Um, interested to see how they do with a game where it doesn't focus necessarily on shooting, um, but mm -hmm. I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it's just the the mystery with Blue Point Games of it could be a number of things, Dom. A number of things. If it was a little bit more defined, yep. like if it's like, oh, it's a third person action adventure game, I'm like, oh, interest peaked. We literally have no idea what it is. It could be a turn based JRPG. <laughs> we just right. don't know. And I'd yeah. say it would be, but. Yeah, so in that case, I'm going to go with the Indiana Jones game. I like that. It's, it's like, I, I think that'll be really cool. Have we ever even had any kind of Indiana Jones game? Well, yeah, like uh, licensed NES ones, I'm assuming, and like other yeah. Crystal Skull probably got a weird license tie-in. That was probably bad. Right. So knowing that Machine Games is doing it, like, it's got to be good. It's going to be, and Todd Howard is, like, helping produce it, like, um, and he loves the series. So, like, I think it's going to be a great game. Whereas on the other side, you kind of got a bit of a mystery box. Could be anything. Could be terrible. It's probably going to be at like at least of quality coming from Blue Point, but it could be something you just so far out of um, like our interest. What if interest. it's a PSVR two title? I'm not saying it wouldn't be a yeah. good game. It could review very well, but like that doesn't interest us at all. It's like okay, whatever. Exactly. So it's probably not going to be like bad. I don't think Blue Point would put something out that isn't just like you know basic game design levels of fundamentally good and fun but it could be so many different things and i'm not into the mystery box for this i want to see this indiana jones game already yeah we, we gotta hedge our bets there and last one uh for this round is an indie face-off 
Play Dad's next game or Hades 2? Oh. Hades 2. This is also coming from somebody who hasn't played Insider, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute. It's my turn, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm saying okay. it's you haven't <laughs> played Insider, right? I did. Yeah, it was just a few months ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. I'm going to remember um, if you actually... It was cool. That was an interesting game. Um, Hades was also really fun. And I actually never made it out of hell in that game. I should probably do that. I should probably go back to it because it was a lot of Same. fun. But, never finished um, it. The characters were ridiculous uh, in a good way. And the, the gameplay was super fun. The way it kind of made you experiment with different weapons um, by the the boost it gave you for each run. It was really a well-designed um, game, I think. A lot of fun, cool art, all that kind of stuff. I'm excited for Hades 2. I'll be there for it when it launches. So I think, to me, that's that's the pick. Fair. Uh, I'll go first in this next round. <clears throat> I'm uh, actually... Yeah, I'll go first. Marvel's Wolverine versus Naughty Dog's the next game. Now, here's the thing. If it was a different new IP for Naughty Dog, I'd probably be more excited. We just don't know. The fact that it seems to be leaning Last of Us Part 3, not that I won't play that game at launch and enjoy it. I really adore... I actually, I think I like Last of Us Part 2 more than Part 1. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or unpopular opinion. I'm assuming it's very unpopular. I would think that the majority prefer Part 1, but now I really want to know. Like, let's get a survey going on some of that. Well, I'm talking about, like, the level-headed people who didn't, like, you sure. know, the whole thing with yes. Abby and all that Filter stuff. Out like the some of that shitty criticism that is kind of, like, unfair. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm curious to see how close it would be, because I know, ge- speaking on a very general level, it's definitely going to be one, overwhelmingly. Um, but, yeah, so I'm, I'm of the opinion that I'd be more excited for Naughty Dog's next game if it wasn't Last of Us. Not that I don't want three eventually, but... They're so talented, man. I just want to see what they can deliver, especially if... Uh-huh. What's the other project? Is it rumored to be like high fantasy or, or sci-fi? One of the two? I couldn't remember. Man, yeah, it was something different, but I can't remember either. And uh, Marvel's Wolverine, I trust Insomniac Games, not that I don't trust Naughty Dog, but like, if, I'm on, if you give me Marvel's Wolverine, Jared, or Last of Us Part Three, and you could play either of them today, which one would you want to play? For me, it's Marvel's Wolverine, and it's because yeah. it is the lesser-known thing. Um, not Wolverine himself, but the the product, because it's not going to play like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, you kind of know for better or worse what you're going to get from Last of Us in terms of gameplay. Obviously, they'll innovate in some very interesting ways with sound and and stuff on AI and all that. But yeah, I got to go with Marvel's Wolverine. It's a tough choice, but yeah, it's just because Last of Us Part Three seems like the the next game for them. Yeah, I I, I understand that choice a lot too. I I would be tempted. I might do the same thing, but. It's mostly that they're, Naughty Dog is going to have their hands full trying to make Part 3, you know, innovate, innovative, especially in the gameplay department. I don't know how you do that. Because 2, I think, did a great job of making that play much better than the first game. Um, so I, I'm not sure what else they can do other than, I don't know, make it Nemesis look... system. Yeah, you know, I, I guess... I'm just thinking of some like something. Yeah. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I don't know. It, and, but I guess like that—that's what they do. But but frankly, like they don't that well. Um, as far as gameplay, they—I think they make gameplay really well, but they don't necessarily do crazy, new, innovative stuff, all that often. They're really good at just making it all 
work together, the gameplay, the cinematics and everything, the story and the characters and all that, right? So you know, like the AI calling each other's names out is immersive, but it's not necessarily innovative. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. the story is like, it like, tends to be like really engaging and incredible and emotionally and, and impactful, but like that's not gameplay. <laughs> sort of it. They kind of intertwine it a little bit into the, especially in part two, but I totally get picking Wolverine on that. So I, I, I hear you. Your choice, uh, Legend of Zelda 2D or Amy Hennig's Black Panther cap game. This is, this is tough, but I, they haven't made a new 2D Legend of Zelda game. So you mentioned a lot of other studios have made copy 2D Zelda games, but typically they're kind of just copies or tributes uh, and not that they don't do a whole lot new on their own. They have, they have their own slight twists on it, but I want Nintendo to do a whole brand new 2D Zelda game. Because the last time they did that was... Link Between Worlds? A Link Between Worlds, yes. And that game was excellent. It was phenomenal. I was like, what, 20? Loved it. 15 or 14 or somewhere in that range. Um, I'm really uh, disgusted uh, with the fact that I am gauging things and I'll be like, oh, I think it came out when I was in college, which was between these years. It's, I'm getting older, I guess. Anyway, um... Yeah, Link Between Worlds was was superb. And even that actually kind of borrowed a lot from a Link to the Past. Um, but yeah, I want to see what Nintendo can do like with a brand new 2D Zelda game. I, that that gets me so excited, dude. Um, especially with how good the Link's Awakening remake was. It was just purely a remake. Um, new visuals, but otherwise, like the game design, the layout, everything, the, the gameplay was just one for one, right? So I want to see what they can do with a brand new 2D Zelda because we've got, especially off the heels of what's now going to be Breath of the Wild and then Tears of the Kingdom, the most like open, huge possible games um, that we can think of with the most choice. Like, let's get like maybe back down to basics a little bit. Like, let's go on a 2D map. Um, like, there hasn't been a Nintendo like tier studio that's done this type of game in a decade or whatever, almost. So. I just think it could be so good. I want them to do it. So 2D Zelda is my pick. Yep, I knew it was happening. I, yeah. I, I, I was Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> that one might be going all the way to the bank if it comes to me again. So just prepare. We'll see. The The next round is randomized, so who knows? And I'm going first and you're going second, so we'll see where they are. Uh, the, the last round, the, the championship round, we're just going to have to discuss it and decide on the winner. There's only going to be two games left, and we we got to come to an agreement. Uh, for me, uh, Fable Reboot and Bioshock 3. Um, you know what? I'm going to use my argument from earlier with Judas. Not to say that Judas is going to be the level of quality of Bioshock game. Hopefully, Ken Levine's behind it. I, I hope so. It's definitely as weird uh, and a little bit obtuse in its, its uh, world building. Um, but it has a lot of the aspects you'd want from a Bioshock Uh and in my in my brain, we're eliminating one of these from reality. So it's like, well, if I eliminate Bioshock 3, I still have Judas, I guess. Um, and it's just because, like, Cloud Chamber, we don't know what they're doing as a studio. This goes back to why I chose Fable over Perfect Dark. I have faith in Playground games. They make me play arcade racing games when that's a genre I have no business playing because I don't, I'm not a car guy. I'm the opposite of whatever a car guy is. I'm a caveman. Uh, so, But I'm going Fable Reboot. Got to. And your last choice, Indiana Jones by Machine Games or Hades 2? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. 
but I feel resolute in again going for Indiana Jones. I just think that's so cool. Machine games like the Wolfenstein, New Order, and New Colossus people making an Indiana Jones game, and Todd Howard is pushing it. I don't know. I think there's a lot of potential for that to be so badass. And I I should have mentioned before, I just watched the um, Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time uh, a few weeks ago. And it was a fun movie. It was pretty cool. So I'd be happy to get deeper into the Indiana Jones uh, universe. Sounds funny. All right. Final four. For me, it's going to be Marvel's Wolverine versus Fable reboot. This is tough. Really? Uh, Yeah. Uh, do you think it was going to be an easy Marvel's Wolverine choice? This is? Yeah. Here's the thing I'm thinking about. There's a good chance the Hulk is in this Wolverine game, and the Hulk is mm-hmm. my favorite superhero. So it's giving me a little bit of an edge. Um, man, imagine, like, that Hulk versus Wolverine fight, and it's, you know, it's kind of like Kratos and Thor type of build up to it, and it just delivers everything you want. I shouldn't try to influence you right now, but... <laughs> Also, like, what's the gore factor going to be? Gore mm, factor. Good question. Because uh, that can, the higher it is, the better it is for me because I want it to be true to what Wolverine is capable of as, like, a machine of violence. Um, Fableman, the comedy's there. The, the you, you know, focus on decisions and that how they affect the world around you is super cool. Um, I love the whimsical nature of it. Honestly, this might just come down to which one's a more known quantity in terms of how soon we're going to get it. And I'm I'm of the belief that Fable's going to come out within the next three years. Could be on the end of that. <laughs> I don't know how, how soon it's going to be. Marvel's Wolverine, we've talked about. Insomniac Games has a couple of studios. I could totally see this coming out the end of next year. I know some people might find that wild with Marvel Spider-Man 2 coming out this year, but I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, honestly, if I was a betting man, I'd put it as like, Spring 2025 is like a pretty solid locked in date for Marvel's Wolverine. Yeah. Um, and I can go and play the original Fable trilogy and have a blast. I don't know if there's something similar to what Insomniac Games is going to deliver. Not to say that Playground Games won't innovate on what Fable can be, but yeah, I got I got to go Marvel's Wolverine, man. Uh, for you, Legend of Zelda 2D versus Indiana Jones. It was always coming to this one. Um, <laughs> this is tough. I hate, I hate to do it. These are tough choices, especially as we progress. Like we're excited for all these games. Like don't yeah, get it twisted. Yeah, exactly. We're at some point we're splitting hairs. Um, because I just need that 2D Zelda. I just need it on the Switch. Oh, on the Switch too. Come on, man. Is is exciting. Okay, so we're in our championship round. Yeah. We got the. What was it? What was Legend of Zelda was originally the three seed. Ooh, obviously, it's all randoms. Who cares? Marvel's Wolverine was the one seed. Um, who's going to be the champion? Now, here's the thing. I would go to bat for Marvel's Wolverine pretty hard, but the leverage I'll give you, Dom, is I just mentioned we're getting Marvel Spider-Man two this year, and we're also getting Suicide Squad. If if that matters. Yeah. But we're getting Marvel's uh, sure Marvel are. Spider-Man two this year. You talked about how long ago it was that Legend of Zelda two D received a new game, an internally developed new game, not a remake, not right. Cadence of Hyrule. I'm willing to give it to Legend of Zelda two uh, D if if you want to, because of the circumstances surrounding how 
long it's been since we've gotten a game in that vein. And honestly, I'm just hoping for some good universal karmic justice that it leads to a Super Mario 3D game in the next couple years as well. So good point. Good point. Yeah, Had way too early of an exit in our, in our game here, but sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's tough. Cause, Speaking uh, of Judas, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you want me to do? Jump in front of the spit? That's a super bad joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's tough because. The fact that Wolverine is happening. Insomniac is making that game. We know it's real. We even have like a good handle, like you just said, on it coming out in the, you know, reasonably near future. It's not, you know, Fallout 5. We know it's real, but it's like, if I live another decade, then sure. But Wolverine, we know it's here and it's coming. So the fact that um, we're allowed to like put into existence a 2D Zelda game that probably isn't happening if i'm being honest best case we get a remake of the oracle games or something right um monkey's paw situation yeah yeah so like that would that would certainly be my pick but again there's not a wrong choice here um and especially as we're creating our own criteria as we go but it's all let's go with legend of zelda 2d for the simple fact that it is uh we know Marvel's Wolverine is a tangible thing, so we let's just put our hype and faith behind, you know, manifesting Legend of Zelda right. 2D to some extent. And we get to maybe it ends up like you said with us getting the Oracle remakes. Yeah, uh, but it ends up with something at the very least. So, our, our first ever March. What did I call this? Hold on, <clears throat> let me get my Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Our first annual winner of the Gaming Anticipation March Madness Elimination Chamber. 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 Legend of Zelda 2D. That's it for this week's show in terms of the news. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Not much of note here. It was one of those weeks, Tom, where I only could play in short, like, bursts. I couldn't really sit down and get a good gaming session. So I played some Rocket League, the new season. Nothing really to talk about there. Just Rocket League is always one of an addictive game. Uh, hopped back into Fortnite for the new season because of the Aaron Yeager skin. He's character from Attack on Titan, uh, one of the more popular anime. Um, having a blast. They added motorbikes. They added a bunch of weird stuff that they add with every season. It just continues to be rock solid. They continue to do the no build mode, which is dope. Oh, yeah. They've added guns where you can aim down the sights, which is great. It, it's it's a lot easier to sell people on Fortnite who aren't into Fortnite. Uh, especially with that being much harder for me to find a group to play Warzone with, for better or worse, for various reasons on Call of Duty. Uh, it's much easier to play Fortnite solo and have a good time than it is to play Warzone solo and have a good time, especially with the sweaties. I see. Um, I hopped back into Spelunky 2 for the first time in a while. It made me start craving the original Spelunky, which I think is like a perfect game. Um, I hopped back into that for a bit. God, I love the Spelunky titles. They're so fun, the mystery box of it all. Uh, and then lastly, I wanted to mention Wolong. So you were in here last week when I talked about it. I'm in a weird place with this game. Ooh, so I started it, got to the first boss, and even before the first boss, and I hate to sound like it's going to sound mean, it's, you could just very much tell the, the, the dip in quality from a From Software game to this, in my opinion, anyways. It just, the combat doesn't feel as fluid. This game is like parry the game. If you yes. don't want to parry, you're not going to really do much yeah. at all. You have to parry. Uh, with, you have to. Which yeah. I'm not, like, parry is not something I necessarily lean toward in Souls-like games. Um, I, I'm just not vibing with it. Like, 
So I played it the first night. I got up to the boss. I fought him maybe like maybe like eight to ten times. Uh, it took me like three tries to get to his second form. And then, uh, honestly, I probably could have beat him if I just wasn't getting frustrated at the, the parrying situation. It isn't even like the the dodge and attack of it all with with his his patterns it was just more the what you had to do to get there which was more frustrating uh-huh. i'm in a weird place i'm hoping you can sell me on it a bit more i don't know if i want to return to it which is a bummer uh it just i don't know man it i was expecting more and i i, I honestly it might be my fault for not trying to get past the boss and, and continuing with it to see what else it has to offer but um i don't know in a weird place with it I would probably say, so that's all, that's the only thing I've been playing, so that's what I wanted to talk about anyway. Um, But I would say, typically, I would encourage someone to, yeah, get through that first hurdle, you know, that first boss. And I think this game is set up in a similar way, where, like, this first boss is kind of, like, the test of, like, are you going to like this? Are you going to be into it or not? Um, And I would encourage someone, again, to, like, at least get that first big victory, that first you know feeling of satisfaction to then see if that drives them to keep want to keep playing the game as a it's easy to uh you know drop off when when that's getting tough at the beginning but that being said the fact that you just described that you're not crazy about a parry mechanic i'm kind of thinking you're not gonna i mean you have to parry in this game there's not really a choice um the next couple bosses I think the directly next one is easier, but it's easier because the game assumes that you've now mastered or gotten much better at the parry mechanic <laughs> and is even more reliant upon that. And I feel like that's going to be a theme. So that's one of the bigger differences actually from Neo to this game is in Neo, you didn't have to be quite as good as par- at parrying. Um, and there was uh, more, well, in this game, there's quite a few spells too and, and different... Uh, long-range weapons but yeah i don't know i i feel like if you're not into the parry part of this then i don't think it's going to get much better because one of my observations is i really like the combat and it feels great it's super satisfying and the like the whole act of trying to time the parry correctly and then the satisfaction of when it hits and then you counter what platform are you playing the sun series s okay are you how do you feel about the input leg I've not felt any input lag that's been noticeable to me. So, yeah, for me, I'm playing on the Series X. I, it's not super noticeable, but there is a slight input lag in the okay. parry input. Yeah, and I've heard, I've seen people talk about that too with, with reviews and stuff. And I don't know if that's also taking away from my enjoyment of it. Is like Maybe. not only is the parry mechanic not my jam, but it's also not as precise as it should be which is also taking away and Mm -hmm. that's the thing that's frustrating too dom is like i've played tons of souls like i got past the first boss hurdle it's not even beating him that's the issue it's just like yeah yeah, it's the mechanics of like is it worth getting good at the parry mechanic if that's all this game if not maybe all that that's that's a bad way to put that but it's like the core of what this game wants you to do yeah right yeah, I'm like I don't know the way you're talking about that. I'm, and there's there's so much more. There's so much else to do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of the other part of it. It's not like you're you're hurting for uh, awesome games to get into. It's kind of that's where I actually felt like I because I, I I stopped playing Atomic Heart. I kind of like 
I hit a, I hit a point where I don't know. I it was I was this area I was in wasn't fun. I was just like I, I was getting to this thing of the the combat was certainly not fun. I wasn't I had no feeling that, like I was progressing. It just was always a chore of like uh, more robots. And I got I'm on ammo, so I gotta drag them around and slowly. And it just everything about it was starting to feel like annoying. Um, Work instead of enjoyment. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it and I felt bad about it because there was a lot of other cool stuff that was going on in that game, but not nearly enough. So yeah, I did. I did just you know what, I'm out. And I've re- I, Game Pass made me feel very uh, enabled and to do that. So I was my Game Pass experience overall. I think is worth it's worth mentioning that that's that that's cool to me. That I'm normally someone who if I buy a game, I feel like I need to at least finish it, even if I'm not loving it. Like I. I made the investment. I got to go get through it, that kind of thing, before I can even accurately fully judge it. But no, I was just kind of, you know what? Atomic Heart is just like, meh, I'm out. Um, and then I'm having uh, a different experience with Wolong. Like, I'm having a lot of fun with it. But one of the things, even compared to Neo, I feel like some of the level design is sort of lackluster, uh, and certainly compared to from software games. But that's, I mean, everyone's level design is lackluster compared to them. But, um, and, and there's a few other small gripes, I guess, too. But overall, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And um, it it just feels a lot like Neo. Um, but maybe, like, like they made it a little faster. Like, they spent a little less time um, creating different enemy types and more intricate levels than they had on ne- uh, Neo uh, in Neo 2. But um still having a lot of fun with it. And... um. Yeah, from what you've said, it might be time to to find the next thing for you at least. But yeah, well, long part of me, cool. the 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 petty person in me, <laughs> wants to just beat the boss and play more to see if I gain enjoyment, and also because I don't want it to be thrown at me like, well, you're you only didn't like it because you couldn't beat the first boss, and like people not understand that's not the issue. I could beat the boss. Like it's not that's not even like a oh, you know what you might do. Um, so what I recently just figured out, because I'm like four or five bosses in now, I'm a little bit farther, but I I was stuck on one boss for a long time and it felt like I wasn't really able to make any progress. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't damaging him kind of a thing. It felt like I was in the wrong area, like I was underleveled. And that's how this game is set up too. Like f- for those of us thing, it's not like from, so it's not an open world. It's just literally you pick a mission and you go do that mission and you're in that stage. And so... You're kind of in it until you're done. You can quit, but then like you didn't make any progress, sort of thing. Um, but each mission has a recommended level, so you know what you're getting into. And I should have been. Uh, I was like several levels above the recommended level here, but just couldn't do anything with this boss, and it was just weirding me out. There's these little flags littered throughout the level that you have oh, the to banners. Yeah, you have to plant all those banners because those affect your morale and one other system i can't remember the name of it but very important so <laughs> i went back through the level planted all those little flags and then go back to the boss one try easy breezy cover girl dude had no chance against me i'm like oh okay you know what i i should have been paying attention to those novel long blocks of text they give you as a <laughs> tutorial randomly at the my biggest gripe about the game and Neo did this the too. The onboarding sucks. The onboarding is shit. I'm sorry, it's mean, but it, I just they that in the story is nonsense. But that's fine. I don't care about, too much about that. 
but the onboarding is bad. You're just kind of doing something and it just gives you a whole novel of little text to, to explain to you how the systems work. And uh, yeah, if you don't read it and then somehow like immediately immediate, look at it, you're going to, yes. <laughs> like you could read it, even remember it, fuck, you could study it, but you have to be able to apply it as you're learning it to me is the better way to learn. So many games do it so much better and have been for like a decade or more. And so that wears me out. But that's why I didn't understand exactly how those flags and the morality system worked. It caused me a bunch of headache that they didn't need to. So um, it felt great finally beating that boss. But I was kind of like, all right, I guess I should have read the instructions. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Which is like, yeah, I know I should have, but come on. Like, anyway. <laughs> Give me a break here. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna give it another call, an honest college try, and then I'll, I'll report next week to see what my findings are. There is a chance I just drop it like a sack of potatoes, but who knows? I might push to that threshold, and we can talk about it more next week. Um, you said you're about five bosses in, right? Yeah. Any difficulty spike yet? Cause remember that was a part of the the uh, reviews too. Is that like there's weird difficulty spikes, and that there's a collection of easy bosses, and then there'll be one out of nowhere that's like extremely oh. difficult. A little bit, but. I don't really, it's not in a way that bothers me, I think, because that'll happen sometimes in Dark Souls games where, like, every once in a while you come through and a boss is, like, but maybe it's, like, he uses magic and your build is set up to just slaughter him or something, and so it's easy. Or, like, you know, the pinwheel boss or certain things like that where yeah, just, it happens sometimes. And so, like, it's not felt like anything in the it. The only difference is this game's way. a lot more linear, right? So it might be yes. able to stick out more because it's, like, this boss is literally the next boss in right. the line. You don't Why get a choice. Is it such a spike. Yeah. Yeah. So I've not really had that yet, except for what I just described with not knowing where to put those flags. <laughs> Which isn't a difficulty on the game. It's well, yeah. it is because it doesn't explain stuff all that great. Yeah. Um. So it's that's what. Yeah. It's not been too bad yet, but I got a lot more to go. I I assume. Um. But I did want to mention, I did something, and only briefly, and we'll see how long I stick with it that you're going to be like, oh, oh, really? And that is I booted up my 3DS and what started hell? Playing, uh, a, a remake of one of my one of the first games I ever really, really loved playing when I was a kid, and that is Pokemon Soul Silver. And it's kind of nice. It's kind of relaxing. That's the I... best Pokemon ever, uh, best Pokemon game ever made. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Soul Silver and Go- uh, Hard Gold, because in my opinion... Gold and Silver were the best games, mm-hmm. and the remakes obviously add all the modernizations that make the quality of life the best. Um, yeah, awesome to hear. I, I love those games so much. I hope they get ported to the Switch to some extent, because yeah, yeah, that's my those are my favorite games in all of Pokemon. Because yeah, as a kid, that was you know one of the first you know Game Boy games or whatever that like I really dove into was uh, Gold and then Silver and then Crystal. Like I literally played all three, like even though it's mostly the same game over and over. <laughs> Um, but always had my boy Cyndaquil, so we got him again, of course. And um, I don't know, I'll, it was only like an hour's worth, but I think for the you know, if I'm feeling like it, it's it's worth popping into it. I'm like really impressed with how it looks. Is is what I want oh, to for say. Sure. About it. it looks yeah. really beautiful. Like walking through the world is just um, even like just the way the houses look. I was like, this evolved really well. I think from like Game Boy Color Advance to but then to DS with this one, I think they did a great job like updating it. Um, where there's obviously been some questions about that with the Switch po- Pokemon games, like it's kind of ugly. The graphics are kind of weird, you know. 
but I feel like for this one, I'm like, wow, this really looks nice. It's just a joy to to be in there. Um, very slow. It's like the moving, apex but... of the the pixel design of Pokemon games. Yeah. Um, because it's also like the best version of the 2D sprites. Um, that's a big criticism of Pokemon is since we've jumped to 3D and we get the 3D models. That's tough. Some of the Pokemon when they're translated just do not look great or cool or interesting at all. Uh, and I, uh, honestly, a lot of times look better in 2D sprite form. And it's like, that's also why it's such a special game is because it was the highest resolution and most detail those 2D sprites ever got yeah. right before we went to the 3D era. And it kind of made things a little bit dorkier. I, I love Soul Silver and Heart Gold, man. It's I've wanted to get a, a hard copy of the game, but they are so expensive. Yeah, it only cost eight um, kidney. Exactly. I'm I'm excited to hear that you're playing it. And the cool thing too is like they're like, they're low in investment in terms of you can just pick it up and play it and not have to worry about it. You're not in the zeitgeist of a new game. Mm-hmm. You can pick it up and drop it whenever you want. You can do like you set your uh, progression. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I want to tackle a gym today or I want to level up this guy five levels or whatever you want to do. So excited to see if you continue playing it. I- I'm just stoked that you you uh, booted it up. Did you grab it during this like whole 3DS closure eShop thing? Is that why? Uh, no, not exactly. Um, but I got it, I guess I'll say. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so Cyndaquil has always been your boy for the second oh, yeah. gen? that's my dude. The other ones are whack. Come on, that crocodile. Like, get out of here. I love Basic. Totodile. I Basic. love Totodile. Uh, no one, then... I think, ever chooses Bayleaf. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the poor the poor leaf Pokemon who like was it was cute, but I'm like, ah, you're not gonna be that good, man. I need Cyndaquil. I need to burn people up. Like, let's go. Which was a bummer because I was a Bulbasaur kid with Gen One. Out, you know what I mean? I had to deal with enough shit without their own picking Squirtle and Charmander. Yeah. And then it came to Gen Two. I'm like, come on, I'm gonna stick with my Grass Boys. And I'm like, ah, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And yeah. Bulbasaur was cool. It was much cooler than um than the leaf type in this game. I already forgot the name. Uh, speaking of things going from 2D sprite to 3D, Typhlosion is one of the Pokemon that was brutalized by that transition. Oh, no. Because in 2D sprite form, Typhlosion, Cyndaquil's final evolution, is sick. He's so cool looking. But in 3D form, he looks like this anemic anteater. It just does not oh, look no. great. Did I make a mistake? Uh-oh. Well, you're not playing in 3D. You don't have to worry. You're, you're getting his 2D sprite. Oh, right, right. The That's the later of, ones. of Typhlosion. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, you're getting him in his 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 absolute best form. Now I got um, him up. Other than that, uh, and I may be being a little harsh, but you'll see his 2D sprite is way cooler than his 3D model. Uh, obviously, the Last of Us finale happened. Uh, we're planning on scheduling a spoiler cast to talk about that uh, in depth, and you know how it relates to the game. Which did we enjoy more? What choices that they differentiated from from the television show to the game? Did we like? Did we not like? Expectations for season two. All of that good stuff we're going to be talking about. It's for sure going to be me and Dom on that. We're going to try to get a third guest, uh, and we'll see what happens there with scheduling, but look out for that. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention before I get into the rigmarole. Uh, did you look at it, by the way? I'm still trying to find it because I'm just finding some weird stuff, I'll tell you that. Let's see. Typhlosion. Did, what did you type in the search bar? Just Typhlosion. I tried 3D. That didn't help. Like, what game would he be in? Oh, yeah, because these are, like, models on, like, Maya and stuff, huh? That's what I was saying, yeah. Uh, 
man, some of them look so weird. Okay, so if you type in if you type in a uh, Typhlosion 3D version, okay, you'll idea. see him in. There's one on Reset Era from Pokemon Stadium. It's like on the second row. Uh, it's you'll you'll see it. It's three two D to three D models. It's a GIF of him, like doing fire spin or something. Oh, you see it at all? Yep, I see. It. Oh, he looks like a. Yeah, I see what you mean. So when his flames are out, he still looks cool. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. the way when it transitioned to three D because sprites are static, and three D isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> when he doesn't have his flames out, he looks like a sickly bear. Like he doesn't look good. Yeah, um, like a bear mated with like a seal. Oh, especially or you know what it is. Look up Hisuian Typhlosion. It'll autocorrect H I S, and then it should finish the rest for you. Hisuian Hisuian Typhlosion. This is his regional variant, and you'll see the sad, flameless version of him. Oh, he's got a pink flame. Like a purple. Yeah, and pink this time. is the the regional variant of him for the Hisui region. I kind of like fire that. looks sick, but the skinny like the non flame version of him looks so sad. <laughs> yeah, there's one with no flame and it's like a model, and he's just shoulders slumped. He looks sad, and you could definitely go different directions with this guy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying like his peak was 2D sprite. Like nothing was cooler than Typhlosion with full flames out. He's so dope. Um, anyways, now that our Typhlosion cast is done. If you can, please follow us on Twitter. We're collectively at C-T-R-L-I-N-T. It's controlled interest abbreviated. Individually, you can follow me at Jared Weich. That's J-E-R-R-A-D-W-Y-C-H-E. You can follow Dom at O-B Dom Kenobi, but the O and O-B is the number zero, not the letter O. Other than that, you can go to YouTube, search controlled interest. We'll pop it up, subscribe so you never miss the podcast. Leave a like. Leave a comment down below. What's your favorite era of Typhlosion? <laughs> uh, is it the Sprite era? Is it the 3D era? Let us know. Other than that, we're on podcast services. You got your Apple Podcasts, you got your Spotify's, you got your Podbean, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week when uh, you find out the verdict. Is Jared done with Wolong? Tune in and find out. See you guys next week. Bye.